Welcome to Best Laid Plans, a Malifaux podcast. Episode 8, Ancestor vs. Nightmare. A quick fun fact for this recording, this is our first Best Laid Plans in quite some time, actually having both players in the same building. So as we are revealing the crews, in order to cut down on the shuffle back and forth of putting one player in one room and not in the other one where they can hear them picking schemes, we do go ahead and modify what we've done previously, but all the information gets there at the end. Just hang on while we're trying something new. Thanks so much. And we're back with another Best Laid Plans, part of the ever-growing infinite network of Steam-Powered Scoundrels formats. And today, we have for our pool, Corner Deployment on Break the Line, Vendetta, Claim Jump, Research Mission, Detonate Charges, and Deathbeds. Our contestants today are our very good friend Eli. Hello. And he has declared for us... Uh, Neverborn, and I'm going to be playing Dreamer. Okay. And which title since we are playing with the uh, revealed titles by weird and all of the other great content creators i'm going with original title dreamer excellent our other player who we will have here shortly is our other good friend sean yet to be seen but somewhat spoken about on the podcast he will be playing rezer yan lo i will let him cover his team more fully but i do want to at least talk about what crew he brought he is bringing title yan lo with the whisper soul porter Manos, Shiaki, Yin, Akamainu, Izamu, and the new Enforcer, Kenshiro. Which leaves him with a grand total of one Soul Stone. Eli, tell us about your crew, now that we've covered Sean's. My crew is Dreamer, with Ancient Pact on him, Lord Chompy Bits, Bandersnatch, Widow Weaver, the uh, Lady Yume, one Stitch Together, one Insidious Madness, and one Daydream. Alright, as far as the map... Uh, we will have pictures of this in the show notes, or linked in the show notes, because we're actually playing in person, because we're all vaccinated and being safe about this. But it'll be fun. The map itself is kind of, I'm imagining, a, an overgrown train yard with a pub in the middle of it. There are several train tracks with a boxcar or flatbeds on them, some overgrown, concealing, severe, dense... Not really forest because there aren't any trees in them, but big bushy areas. There's a poisoned lake with one of the break the line markers in it with a probably leaking giant keg and a few outhouses and thrown around stacks of boxes that never made it onto their trains. And a, of note, dinosaur skull in Eli's deployment zone in the corner. Eli, let's start there. Why did you pick that deployment? I picked that because... A good portion of my crew, well, I guess not right now, but a good portion of my crew is either incorporeal, has good movement, so I didn't have to worry about that big blob of severe right in the middle. I also liked that there's a building on his side of the board, so as I'm doing break the line, I can throw markers inside that building and follow it with my incorporeal models, maybe make it harder for him to get. I know he's got incorporeal, but I liked, I'm going to be using my Insidious Madness up there in the middle anyway, mm -hmm. so I, I liked limiting his options. Okay, nice. The, let's see, as far as your faction and leader declaration with this pool, and I know we're kind of doing this a little out of order based on deployment first, but what made you go Neverborn Dreamer today and OGs over new Sleepy Dreamer? Well, I, for the pool, I honestly would have preferred Euripides, but the terrain was not favorable to him. We're doing corner and I was, every corner was walled off and those 50 mils were going to have a hard time getting through and the diagonal centerline was going to make it harder for me to block off his paths to me with ice pillars. Okay. So it just didn't work out well for him. Dreamer, I knew I could bring the spiders, have web markers for research or deathbeds. And I knew I could get a lot of movement in the crew that incorporeal, like the Insidious Madness. Insidious Madness is good for claim jump, for shoving everyone out of the circle. Uh, so it just, I felt like I had a lot of options with Dreamer. I don't know new Dreamer well enough to feel comfortable playing a game with him. Okay. I just don't think he fits my style. That's fair. Okay, so given what you just said about the many choices you have with the crew in this pool, what schemes did you pick? I picked Claim Jump on the Insidious Madness mm -hmm. and Deathbeds Okay. with the web marker as my, my marker. Got it. 
and that scatter on, on the Insidious Madness makes that a pretty solid choice there. Mm-hmm. Doug, we're sorry. <laughs> but not really. What, based on his crew, do you think he might go for as far as scheme selection? I think there's a decent odd of him trying to go for Claim Jump. Uh, he's got the Kamainu. Those are hard to put damage on after they get some upgrades. Reliquaries. Reliquaries, that's the words. So he might go for that one. Vendetta, because his crew is very survivable, so once he reveals who I'm supposed to try to kill, it might be hard for me to kill them. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of markers that he puts out, if any. So I don't think Research Mission or Deathbeds are going to be for him. Maybe Detonate Charge, but I'm leaning towards Vendetta and Claim Jump with him. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, and overall, with those estimates and your choices in mind, what is your general strategy going into turn one? Going into turn one, I'm going to I'm going to be throwing out web markers with the spiders. Probably use one of their attack. They they've both got the bonus action. Throw it out for free. Might use their triggers to throw out some extra ones. To give me a little play play space for deathbeds. Okay. Um, I'm going to hold back the uh, insidious madness for the moment. No, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the insidious madness at one of the one of the break break the line markers, but keep them away from the center, away from the fighting. Okay. Until I'm ready to reveal that scheme, I'm gonna be using Chompy as a big old distraction, as you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna play around with Lady Yume, see what see what she's good at. Like, I haven't used her yet. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes, especially with that long range stat seven willpower attack for mm-hmm. unbearing your summons. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. Dreamer will, of course, be trying to summon this first turn and throw a bunch of just just pain in his face. Cool. Well, best of luck, and we'll come back to you after round one, and we'll see how that went and where you're going from here. All right. All right, and now we have our challenger, Sean. Sean, go ahead and tell us about your reason behind your faction and leader selection today. So I'm a Rezzer, and I've been playing Rezzers for, it feels like, five years or so. It's my committed faction, and I love playing them, so this new introduction of Titled Masters is uh, really intriguing to me, so new spin on the game, so decided to test out the new Yon Lo, and uh, excited to see what he can bring to the board. Uh, main reason for choosing Yon Lo for this one was a interesting scheme pool, good mix of stuff that kind of works well with his kit, given that his, he's a reliquary master, using upgrades and uh, moving units around. It just seemed a little bit more in his favor. I'm typically a Seamus player who jumps around, but uh, this one seemed like a real good try of uh, bringing out more Yonlo's abilities than Seamus for this one. Okay. And as far as your specific choice of the title Yonlo, is this really just you want to try him out, or was there something in the pool that made you think this one is going to be better than original recipe? For this one, I wanted to lean more into the scheme route. There was a couple things that caught my eye of like detonate charges and deathbeds that this Yonlo is more schemey on. He also doesn't care about incorporeal with his twisted reality. So this really works kind of a little bit better towards a dreamer setup. And then, you know, going into him handing out specific reliquaries on his own to people around him, I think we get to see some benefit of, uh, you know, adapting to the board that were or things that Eli will be throwing out. Okay. As far as your crew, first off, remind us what your whole crew is real quick, and then kind of go over your, your thought process and why you hired who you hired. So I have, uh, again, titled Yan Lo, the Soul Porter, Manos the Risen, Shiaki, Yin the Penanglin, Akamainu, the new Kenshiro, and Izamu. Oh, uh, Yan Lo has the Whisper. As ever, Rezor Master staples to them. Got it. So uh, Soul Porter comes with Yan Lo's kit, no matter what, so... But this is a change from his regular use, OG Yan, is that I plan on using the Soul Porter for more of passing around reliquaries he's handing out. Gives him ability to pass on to himself or the Komainu, so a different kind of playstyle than the regular. Uh, Manos is almost an always take henchman on a Yan low crew. Great scheme ability, good kill potential, and can get in and out of situations as needed. Okay. Shiaki is a going to be the interesting hit or miss on this one, as with the new Yan titled Yan Lo, you can hand out your own reliquaries for your group, and she previously 
played that part in the OG crew. So I think playing her wise is going to be passing out more rel queries early, early on and then using her for scheme ability or moving people around with some of her abilities. Okay. I plan on using Yin in this group as more of a scheme runner. Good maneuverability, has a, has a good flight and run of six. Can even dark bargain on themselves to interact. So I believe moving these uh, strategy markers around will be key for this battle. Komainu is going to be where this titled Yanlo is going to be hooking his own reliquary on. It's automatically going to give the Komainu a plus two movement and a positive to duels. Kaminus are very good sturdy beasts, and they will uh, carry my Yanlo across the board wherever they may go. Kinshiro is the new master, and I'm interested, or not the new master, new enforcer. And he is, I believe, a very good, interesting schemer, and he pairs really well with Izamu, surprisingly. I just want to see, put him on the board, see how he works out. I know that uh, one of his abilities allows us to look at other cards after a successful duel, melee duel. Mm -hmm. So I believe with a zombie, that's going to give better ability to figuring out, okay, what cards are coming up? What can I throw out? He can also move schemes around with the right tome. And then also he has a really nice reliquary or ability on him that allows me to cheat fate with tokens. So I want to bring that into play where I need him. Okay. And finally, Izamu is out there just to be a beater. He's got that ability to just, you know, be ruthless. And I know there was going to be some terrifying coming out. So I really want to pass out that upgrade early on and shuffle that in into uh, taking out the key players. Okay. Sounds like a, a solid, hard-hitting, hard-to-deal-with crew overall, as Yanlo likes to do. With all that said, which schemes did you pick and why? So I chose Detonate Charges and Deathbeds. Detonate charges on the new Yan Lo. He has the ability to drop a scheme marker off of a free action when he moves his minion around, in this case the Komainu, so that will drop a scheme marker. He also will be placed after that movement, which will be at least three away, and he's got a 40 mil base that'll be at least four inches away. That'll allow me to place another scheme marker, so a quick in out once a person goes. So I figured that would be an easy one to get off with him. Uh, the second one is deathbeds. I know that I'll have the kill potential with Izamu and some people on my team, but I also can put down ski markers pretty easily. So the second part of that I'm hoping on is that when I can place two ski markers within two of a different marker of the chosen type, which in this case will be the strategy marker, that'll be an easy automatic. I can get that one. So there's, there's basically a guaranteed point there. Solid. So... Eli was attacker and kind of put you in this corner behind the, the broken down pub we have here with a few of the uh, kind of overgrown foresty areas in your, your arc of the corner there. How'd you end up deploying? Why'd you deploy how you did? So I deployed with Yan Lo and Yin on more of facing towards majority of the corner strategy markers. They'll have the ability to get back there very quickly. Uh, I think I've done the math on it of getting about 21 to 28 movement on a Kamainu right off the bat. So I can definitely get deep in that pocket and get setting up for strategy markers, which I'm hoping will either draw pressure or put pressure him to confront that, either for points or for something. The other side is more of an Azamu Manos faction, and their ideal look is that uh, primarily I'm hoping to get a reliquary on Manos that gives him the ruthless ability from Azamu. They're going to be our my kill squad. My hope is that they're going to basically pretend to claim jump and bring in anybody who's going for that, and then also defend the other two strategy markers. Then if things go right, I'll circle them into the next corner where Jan will be. Okay. Solid. Uh, Kenshiro's in the middle, mainly because he's incorporeal. He can hide and pop out as needed. So he can definitely be a blocker for that claim jump and apply his aura that gives Izamu his uh, best abilities or best chances of flipping better cards. Yeah, and him being incorporeal means he's not going to be caught up by going through the pub. Yep, and then going right through. <laughs> nice. For anybody who can't see in the picture, the pub does have three entrances, which I really find to be very key. If you have a, a building you're trying to play inside of, you want more than one entrance, and the more you have, the better, just so you can get multiple people in there in multiple ways. And it's not a I-go-in-here-and-sit box. Anyway, that's an aside. Back to Sean, uh, your 
we, we're pretty much done here. What schemes do you think Eli took? I think he took research mission. He's got two characters who can put down spider webs. So I'm believing he's going to put down a spider web, get by a strategy marker, and drop a scheme. Or, you know, again, through my characters, get corpses. So I think it's an ideal for him if he takes that. The other one could be a possible claim jump. I think he has several terrifying and moving things, or Vendetta to pull out on like going after Azamu, ignoring, I know Dreamer and Chompy can ignore armor, so I think he might be a prime target. From what I was looking, there might not be much scheme ability on his side, but very good kill potential. Okay. As far as turn one, what's your kind of, your plan of attack to set up for the rest of the game being a success? So success will probably come down to pushing or getting Izamu in position and Mono set up, getting the reliquaries out. Shiaki's going to go either first or second, depending on the hand, to get out the right cards, move her into just moving into the building into a defensive position. The other side, uh, so that's going to be moving Izamu in towards more the middle to protect those schemes. The other side is going to be straight scheme running. They're going to run to the other side of the corner as quick as possible. I believe on turn one, if things go right, I can actually kick one of the strategy markers once or twice, depending on how the, the cards kind of go. And that will actually hopefully draw a little bit more pressure. Ideally, I'm going for getting one of the uh, strategy markers, I believe it's at least six or eight inches out for this one to get two points. Mm -hmm. So if I can do that early on, that's going to force him to crowd around. So that's my split. Go in two different directions, get in position on one, strategy markers right off the bat with the other. All right, sounds good. Let's go ahead and get started on round one. We'll be back afterwards. And we're back after turn one with Eli. As far as your overall strategy of what you were wanting to do this turn, how'd that go? Not well. Okay. I had intended to get my spiders in place and try to get some extra webs. They got in place. Uh, they got some webs out. Uh, I hadn't taken into account that the building would not let me place inside it. So putting a web inside there isn't going to give me that extra movement I was hoping for. Yeah, enclosed is a is an important rule for anybody who's not used to playing with enterable buildings. For anybody who's not used to this, you want to declare your buildings as enclosed to prevent people from flying in through a wall and things of that nature. Essentially, you cannot be outside of the building and place into it, or vice versa. If you are partially in the building via a walk or something, then you are in both in and out, and you're good to go. Anyway. My other part of the plan of using the Insidious Madness, putting up in the hazardous terrain and all that, that was awful. I had assumed that Izamu had activated because he'd been moved several inches up the board. He had not. He'd just been pushed by his friends. So Izamu charged up, used his Ruthless to ignore the terrifying, had his two-inch engagement to avoid the hazardous, and proceeded to wreck the Insidious Madness, was followed up by Manos, and the Insidious Madness is now dead. That's two points that I can't score this game. Yeah, and for, for the listeners, Manos has uh, Izamu's Reliquary, so he also has Ruthless as well. So that that was a one-two punch that I don't it think just, you saw coming. No, I was not uh, not happy about that. Also, he took his Kumainu, mm -hmm. which I was expecting to go towards the middle of the board and be either helpful for Claim Jump or be like a model for Vendetta that is going to be hard to kill threw it to the other side of the board. So now I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that because I had been kind of planning on focusing that model and killing it. Mm -hmm. Don't know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> yeah, and especially since he has the, the new Yon's Reliquary, which means every time that Kamainu ends any move, Yon gets to place within three inches of it, within Aura 3. That was kind of terrifying to watch, honestly. Yeah. Especially with, with Yon having Obeys and the Reliquary giving the Kamainu the ability to say, hey, Yon, take an action for my bonus action like that that is just an old man walking his dog except the dog is pulling him around the table so they can they can just go wherever they want it looks like uh so maybe he'll come back to the middle of the board but we'll, we'll have to see on that okay so that kind of covers your what went poorly um <laughs> what what went well as far as your your plans for scoring let's start with your strategy i do have one of the strategy markers pushed forward because i was easily able to get widow weaver into base contact with it i'm Fairly concerned for her life right now. <laughs> yep. She's another model that kind of relies on her terrifying. And he's got two ruthless models out. 
Yep, and she's pretty close. That was that was a really nice placement as far as the the web goes yeah. to jump her to it exactly a hair outside of Izamu's range while still being in base with that uh, that break the line marker. Stupendous placement. But yeah, now it's, I'm I'm sitting there going, oh man, I'm a little concerned for her. For your strat or for your your schemes, we know claim jumps off the board. That's out. So I gotta I gotta focus on the uh, deathbed, mm-hmm. which don't want my spiders getting killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna need to put out web markers and try to find a model that I can reliably take down mm-hmm. near one of them, which is not gonna be easy at the moment. He's got again Manos and Izamu are the two that are out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how well I can take those out. I don't want to give too much of what I would do in in the case here, but both of those live by armor, and you're one That's of the fair. you're one of the only Neverborn crews that can deal with armor. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I am I was I was looking at those as options, but I've only got the two that really ignore it, and that's Chompy and Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Don't want to overextend Dreamer and Chompy. While tough, if you focus a little bit, which with Manos and Izamu mm-hmm. should not be too hard to take him out because. He relies on his his terrifying. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Yeah. Also, terrifying is one of the ways that I hope to get a failed willpower duel. Mm-hmm. My my summons aren't unburying with those guys. Yeah. Turns out. So with those two being in your face, is it? Do you think you're going to focus down one of those? And if which if so, which one? Or are you thinking for this next turn you need to kind of pivot and start heading for somebody else? And if so, who? I don't really have any other good targets. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Komino comes back. Okay. I would like to kill that because I know that is a very valuable tech piece. It also rely. It's armor too. Mm-hmm. It when you put two armor on a model, it relies heavily on that armor, and I can ignore that. Mm-hmm. I think I can take I can take that out pretty easy. Hopefully, it comes back. If not, probably going to try to take out Izamu. Okay. Okay. So if it doesn't come back, focus on Izamu. Cool. And. With you not being able to score one of your schemes, at this point, denial becomes a huge focus yes. for you. So, based on what he's doing, what do you think his schemes are? I can't tell yet, to be honest. Again, I was looking at that Kamainu thinking that's going to be a heavy tech piece for his schemes, and it ran away. I think he was just trying to get those corner bits moved, because he's he moved one, set up Yonlo to move the other immediately. So... He might just be trying to get those and then bring the commando back, in which case I'm fairly certain I'm right on there being a uh, claim jump involved. Mm-hmm. Vendetta would be, I think, with that crew, best put on the Kamainu. Mm-hmm. Until I know a little bit more about what he's doing, see more placement, my best bet is hopefully kill that Kamainu. I think that's a heavy tech piece in one of his, his games. Okay. Enough for you to pick up the whole crew and head off to that corner? No. Okay. Um, but enough for me to be in that general direction. Okay. As far as looking to the future, in addition to the Kamainu and, and Yan and Yin being in that corner, there are two strategy markers near that corner. Yes. So you're going to end up going over there eventually. What is your plan on getting over there? Summoning things and throwing them with long-ranged willpower attacks. Okay. Is- kind of been one of my main thoughts because there's a there's a big old railroad that blocks me all the way up to the midline mm-hmm. from this corner so having to walk everything around there my one incorporeal model was doing other things and then they died mm-hmm. and my two other mobile units are busy placing webs at mm-hmm. the moment yep so my my first bet to get something over there is probably going to be unbury my alp mm-hmm. and use that as a distraction piece until i can get bigger pieces over there you think in uh, Lady Yumi's uh, long mm-hmm. range over there? Okay. Oh, yeah. So if, if I can get her uh, put injured on that Kamainu, it is going down. Okay. All right. Uh, that kind of covers your this turn and future. And we've covered what you think Sean's doing. So that is round one going into round two. And we'll get Sean in here and see how he's doing. Mm-hmm. Sean, welcome back after the completion of round one. Uh, we've heard from Eli. Let's hear things from your side. Uh, how did this round feel to you as far as your, your plans going into it? It sort of fits. I've got my strategy markers taken care of in the corner, and it looks like Eli's not going to contest. So this is going to go into the flanking maneuver. The attacking team's going to hold down the fort 
on the right side from my point of view. And Jan Lowe is going to sweep in from the left, hopefully disrupting some of his strategy and schemes plans. So this is falling in line. I was anticipating him to contest the corner, but if he's not going to, this is a uh, this brings everybody back to the center. Okay. So that sounds like your your plan for the next turn is to kind of wheel in this flank and start heading towards the center? Yes. I've got a couple things up my sleeve. I believe uh, Kenshiro at the start of his turn gets to move a little bit, so he'll be in prime zone to mess with some strategy markers and push Eli to get that base point. Wheeling Yanlo in a little bit, I'll plan on getting him a little bit later, hopefully to disrupt some of the scheme markers he might place. I'm guessing with webs he's going to put some you know, get ready for deathbeds or put down a ski marker to be next by all three and hopefully I can disrupt one of those. Um, so I'm hoping Yonlo's going to go a, bit, a little, bit, little bit later, but overall I'm going to sort of like ball up at this point and just see what he does. He's sort of on the pressure to get a point. Mm -hmm. So me going too quickly can compromise that. Going to first round, uh, if I can, I'll be Kinshiro and putting out my aura to get looking at next positive cards on attacks. So I'm going to hopefully draw some pressure either to take him out or they're playing in his bubble which if they leave him alone he's going to uh, assist the team on doing what okay. needs to be done solid sounds like your your overall strategy of placement and everything went well this turn as far as your actual getting points from strategy going forward you're set up for two of them so far just over in that corner what are you doing with that this next turn or are you going to kind of go i'm set for this let me focus on denying Eli further. This is going to be a denial point and pushing point. Uh, he's on the pressure to get a point this turn on the strategy. My hope is that I'll deny him completely from doing that. I know I have some bait where his uh, previous, I guess, uh, model was killed that, hey, we can, they can policy go in there and murder that. But at this point, I've got good hopes for the next coming round of coming in there and, you know, doing the same strategy. But coming together for it. Gotcha. So that's your strategy points. How about your schemes? Any any ones that you're planning on revealing this upcoming turn, do you think? Yes. Um, I am... It's possible to get deathbeds on this turn. The one that I'm pretty sure I can get is detonate charges. Yan Lo just dropping two scheme markers. I'm really hoping Chompy goes first before I can pull out Yan just to deny him from getting... I believe it's the one that eats ski markers to get an extra attack in. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hopefully plan for Chompy going first, and then Yon can definitely sweep in and get detonate charges. Deathbeds will be a little tricky to get this one. I expect they're going to be rushing in, but if they don't you know, do anything, then I, can, I might sneak it in. Gotcha. So I have some good hopes for that. Gotcha. So for based on what you've seen so far what do you think eli's schemes are i'm still thinking research mission it's just a very good one for his crew it i'm also estimating that the deathbeds could be involved mainly along the lines of still dropping those web, spider webs that is now up on the table previously vendetta was an idea but he's you know this is the first round he's not being as aggressive yet but he definitely has the anti-armor to take down Azamu. so i think there's some possibility i do not think claim jump is in the pool for him right now he's not playing around that middle yet so he might surprise me and i'm be excited to see if he does okay cool well, i have an extra question for you here since you're the one playing the title yanlo mm -hmm. what are you how are you liking it so far what you've played a fair amount of original recipe yanlo mm -hmm. What do you think of the new Shake and Bake? He is quick. From corner, be very, like, again, team is deceptively quick, but he is fast. From corner all the way to the other corner, I was able to get a strategy marker moved. I was able to get two points in. He's very scheme oriented. Good combo for the crew. I was unfortunate to not get my reliquary pass off off the first term that I was hoping for, but it looks like they're not even focusing him. It's not a huge make or break. Shiaki was able to at least pick up the slack on that side. So I'm kind of glad that I brought her, but. That is a consideration of future games of bring Shiaki or not. They they pair off well if one does not work. Mm -hmm. So so far he's clean from what he's done so far. I might possibly substitute one of the ancestors in the, in the future with a minion. I think a Gokudo pairing would be a really nice one, but uh, we'll see. I, I played heavy ancestor to this game, so we'll mm -hmm. see how it pans out. Yeah, really, it, it comes down to do you want the old man being walked by a dog or by a ninja? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, excellent. Let's go ahead and get round two going, and we'll see how we do. And we're back from the end of a very 
frustrating turn too, wouldn't you say, Eli? Yes, yes, that is a understatement. Okay, so let's start with what went not according to plan for you and why. So as far as, as your plans for scoring this turn, strategy, what didn't go well in either you scoring it or denying Sean from scoring it? Again, he's got two markers that are very out of my reach, and he has them both on my side now. Mm-hmm. I had a marker on his side, but Kenshiro has the Victoria's thing, the battle, battle tempo, t- battle tempo mm-hmm. and he just he's incorporeal, so he just zooped out of the building, grabbed my marker, and threw it back to the center line. And then he had so many models near it, there was no touching it. Like I couldn't get to it until he threw it further on my side. So that's more points. I I couldn't couldn't get points off of that strategy. Okay, so no no scoring for you on Strat this turn, and no denying him. How about your schemes? My schemes, I, again, I can't do claim jump. I fought hard to get my first point of uh, deathbeds. Mm-hmm. A lot went on there. Tell us a little bit about that process. What was your initial target you were trying deathbeds Initially, on? I went to Izamu. Okay. I was able to get my Bandersnatch buried, hoping to get that extra, extra damage and injured on him, because mm-hmm. they have the lower defenses than... Manos, which is the only other target nearby of my web markers. I, I just, they, they, the, the, he had a soul stone. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's going to be more damage I can't do on Manos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went for that him initially. He got pulled away out of range of all of my attackers. So I had to turn my focus to Manos, which was difficult fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also used most of Dreamer's turn putting adversary and damage on Izamu. So mm-hmm. that was a master turn that I wish I put, put would have put on Manos instead, but you know. Yeah, with Shiaki there though, able to like pull someone out. I think whoever you had targeted first, he would have yeah. done the same thing. Absolutely. Then I threw up Lady Yume as fast as I could, put injured again on Manos, so that helped a bit. He wiped out my uh, one of my web markers and my ski marker that I placed down there, which. For uh, for a minute there, I really thought that I'd lost that point. Uh, but he placed a ski marker, one of his ski markers, near Chompy. I got a game-changing movement out of that so he could move, placed another ski marker near Manos, and then finished him off with a... I ended up with a double positive using my focus on that attack against him. Uh, so I, I killed Manos and got the... Deathbeds. Got, got the deathbeds point. Nice. The Especially- second point should be a lot easier. Hopefully, because the the second point doesn't require you to be killing things, Mm -hmm. and Sean seems to have the ability that normally I have of whatever you flip, he flips one or two higher. The, yes, almost every action that I've taken that succeeded required me to cheat. Mm -hmm. Everything else, he just kept flipping one or two above me, and it was was rough. I I could hardly do anything. Yeah, those we've all had turns like that, and those are always very frustrating, and it, it really drives you to hold your ground and remember this is a, a given action is where I need to cheat for points or denial of points versus I just want to hit something and feel <laughs> useful, which is a, a whole mini-game within Malifaux itself. Yeah. So that finally went well at the end. Excellent. Good job on, on that first difficult point of deathbeds. Given... What he's done, Yanlo has kind of come in towards the center now, bringing that Kamainu with him. What are your thoughts for next turn? So he made it fairly clear that he's got deathbeds on me. Okay. He was measuring those whole the whole two inches between a scheme marker and the strap marker on one of my stitch together. I don't want to let him have that. Okay. Uh, but how do I avoid strategy markers at this point kind of can't do that Mm -hmm. and if i place them within two inches i'm within two inches of it Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be real tricky to avoid giving him that point that that stitch together just needs to retreat yeah or run off and do something else elsewhere at least yes give him Uh, only only hard targets um i may have to rely on chompy for removing his scheme markers Mm -hmm. because that's really the only scheme marker removal in in this crew I'm kind of. I'm thinking I'm going to get the spiders as far away from everything as possible, and hopefully they'll drag one of the the strategy markers with them. Mm-hmm. Is my hope, but that's going to require me putting one of them in the hazardous terrain, mm-hmm. which is probably going to have to be Widow Weaver because 
the Bandersnatch is at half half of its health at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got punched in the face, the shadow face. Yeah, we we have him. You have him buried in Izamu, and Izamu has tried stabbing the ground where he saw his shadow. Yeah, a and few he, times. it worked. It yeah. worked. He's good at uh, shadow stabbing. He could he could give lessons to cats on catching the red dot. Mm-hmm. All right. So depending on how how flips go next turn, it sounds like you've at least punched through one of the harder issues uh, on scoring at least one of your schemes. But you're still definitely on the back foot strategy wise. Yes. Which sounds like with your idea of, of getting the spiders running out there, that's really what they do, no mm-hmm. problem. And that should presumably get you deathbeds too, assuming they're left to their own devices. So you're thinking deathbeds. What Do you have a thought on his other scheme? He is going into the center a lot, which leads me to believe that I was right on claim jump. Okay. Any particular model you're thinking? I, I don't think it's the Kamino. Okay. I think the Kamino's there to take the hit for whoever it is. Okay. I think maybe Kinshiro? That'd be an interesting choice. Uh, but it's... I'm going to have to take another look at the board and see who is where and who could have gotten it and who couldn't have. But I'm, I, I, I do think it's Claim Jump. Okay. Solid. We'll see where it goes after this next turn. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you, sir. And now we have Sean after a very, uh, well, less frustrating on your side, but a frustration-causing turn for for Eli. We talked a little bit about the ability you've apparently gained from from learning from me on how to flip cards one or two higher than your opponent (laughs) on everything. You dirty want-to-think-as-a-Thunders player playing Rezzers. I I bring it from the grave. (laughs) Excellent. So, as far as this turn goes... We, we heard about Eli's frustration, but from your side of the table, what went not as well as it could have as far as scoring for you? Yeah, so looking back, I was going for a quick detonate charges, and it was a risky maneuver, but I was expecting him to move the strategy marker to play that, but he didn't, which is perfectly fine. That means I've got pretty much com- complete control on the strategy side. At the cost of deathbeds, I saw it was coming... I didn't. I was wondering how he was going to get the extra scheme marker, and of course he got it off mine. But this does set me up for a very good third round or fourth round. I don't know what we're third, on. Third, third round. round. <laughs> um, so I've got a strategy in mind for when that comes up. So okay. a little lackluster on how Manos died, but he's still with us. How do you feel after after losing Manos? He's not the easiest to take down, but as far as other times I, I know I've tried to take him down, that went fairly straightforward-ish. Mostly he was holding up because he had to wait to get that scheme marker down for, for deathbeds. How do you feel about only bringing one stone now? So, I don't really have an issue yet. I was kind of expecting this is going to be... I was going to use it on him. Mm-hmm. I was planning for more corner play, and that's not going on, but... Again, I was expecting some death. I was, was expecting Izamu to go first, but you know I was able to move him out of the danger zone. Or I know Izamu was there, but I know Manos was still stuck in a precarious position. I know he was going to be the next target, and Chompy hadn't gone yet. So I was expecting there was going to be a casualty, but he was holding that point around him pretty well. Like from where where it is right now, I I got Eli on his side of the board, and I'm encroaching on his. Mm-hmm. So I think he was a necessary sacrifice. But again, we'll see if he still has some uh, yeah. assistance coming yeah. through. Ultimately, yeah, you you scored the strat this turn. You're set up for, for next turn, and you're controlling those well, whereas he's now effectively a point behind because he can't make up that strategy point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's always the, the gamble you play there. Uh, what went well for your scoring? Are you, are you fairly well set up? You said you have a pretty solid plan for what you're doing. Yes. So for next turn, like his stitch is in a really good spot for deathbeds. Like I think he estimated detonate charges was out there because that's again it's going to be a yawn thing. But overall, he left his stitch alone okay. and surrounded by three. No, I believe it's three or four of my guys. So turn one, like just right off the bat, I'm going to murder him okay. on that one. Now get me my deathbeds. Then it's going to be complete defense of the points of going helping Azamu. Like right now, he's. He's a little beaten up, but he has Manos' upgrade now. He's going to get that regen. He'll be able to at least last a turn or two. Shiaki's there to move people around as well. So I'm pretty confident in my positioning right now, but it's going to be an interesting fight back of territory. Okay. 
So it's you're thinking at this point it's mostly a positioning game. Yes. Okay. I've got my stuff set up, and again, he I'm pretty sure he he can get his deathbed second part. It's pretty much almost a given if they go for it, but he's gonna have to fight for it. Yanlo's there taking away strategy mark oh, ski markers, mm -hmm. so he's gonna either have to focus that or give up and just go for deathbeds. I'm don't know his other point. He's completely given up on claim jump, so I'm kind of estimating pros possibly a research mission is still out there hoping to put down his web and we'll see how that kind of goes okay cool well, that covers my next question of what do you think his other scheme is i think in his thing he said um in his, in his when we talk back it was the strategy marker and his deathbeds was based on the webs mm -hmm. so if i get rid of those I'm fine okay. because that's the key point for this. I believe it has to be yeah, the web, web and webs the scheme. Are, webs are scheme, yeah. yeah. If you get rid of those, he can't score the second point. Yeah. So okay. if he's not paying attention, yes, get two. I just take out two webs, and he's not planning for that. Okay. Sounds good. That's a solid, straightforward strategy. And in the meantime, you're you're Yan Lo. You're pretty well set up to just hang out in an area. I'm hanging out. It's a good day to be Yan Lo. <laughs> All right. Let's get on get on to turn three. All right, at the end of round three, we are here with Eli. Eli, uh, what went well for you turn three? Not much. I got Widow Weaver positioned in a way as I can almost guarantee that second point of deathbeds. I lost Bandersnatch very early, so he's not going to be able to assist with that. Okay. After that, I tried to get rid of some some any models that were causing me problems, and it did not work. Uh, Kaminu's down to one health. Kinshiro, I got adversary on, and then he ran away, and I couldn't do anything with him. To give everybody an idea, how much work did you put into getting that Kaminu with a reliquary on it? So it's a positive to everything it's doing. How yeah. much work did you put into him to get him down to that hard to kill? I had to use Lady Yume twice on him and get him injured too. He had, he had a willpower of two, and I couldn't kill him with willpower attacks. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. So yeah, not much went well in round three. Chompy is set up to die. He has he's got stuck in the poison, moved around a few times. He he's got one wound starting next turn, so if I don't start with him first, he's dead. He's engaged by three different models at this point, including Izamu four. Including Izamu, the Soul Porter, Chiaki, and Yen. All strong. Uh, and if that's not enough, Yang Lo is behind them. Oh, that sounds like a perfect place for him to be not. <laughs> is there anything you think you can do to recover from this? Is there anything you can think to deny Sean points? I don't believe so. Uh, where Chompy is, I'm right next to a strategy mar marker that I can't touch. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of models to put down that can... He's got, uh, weird... What's the, the path one? Weary Road. Weary Road. He's got ways to put out scheme markers near me. I think he's going to put a scheme marker near me and kill Chompy. Okay, so that would be deathbeds. That would be deathbeds. He's been, he's been hinting hard that he's got deathbeds mm -hmm. from measuring and whatnot, so I believe that. Yeah, you've been guessing that one. I no longer think that he has claim jump. Okay. Because he just moved all of his models away from the center when he could have gotten it. Okay. I believe. I, I Just watching everything go, I think he could have gotten Claim Jump, but I don't know what else he has. And if he had it on the Kaminu, which is over there alone by itself, he would have declared it this turn. Yeah. She didn't. Okay. So yeah, probably a pretty good bet there. So big question mark on his second scheme. Mm -hmm. Got it. I don't have any easy access to his two strategy markers. Uh, three of them are on my side of the board. One is in the middle of the poison pool. I could move one to the center line. I can't move it past him. I can't get up there and mess with it because he's got too many people to engage me. Too many people with like two-inch engagement ranges. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see how this next turn goes, but it sounds like you're you're mostly trying to react to what he's doing now. Sans any strategy on your side, yeah? Yeah. Okay. My my I'm I'm feeling I'm lucky to get two points this game. Okay. Well, well, we'll see how the flips go this next round. We'll come back after that. Let's get Sean in here. All right. All right, Sean. End of round three. 
it really sounds, based on what Eli just told us, that you are drastically controlling that center of the board. And uh, as always, Empty Vessel on Kamainu is perfectly fair and balanced. Of course, of course. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, what went well on your side of the table as far as preparing for scoring? So, preparing for scoring on this one, it's a little bit of a haze in the beginning of turn three. There was a lot going on and people moving. There was an opportunity to get a kill, but I wasn't sure with, uh, I believe it was the Bandersnatch hiding under Azamu. Um, Kenshiro came over with the assist and got that bug out of his hair. But I, you know, it was a tough call. I had to go for a kill versus moving around. Uh, setting up for my schemes, there were some possibilities. It just, Chompy was my biggest threat, and he could eat my scheme markers, so I started focusing him down. Okay. So you were trying to clear the way for future scoring, but no uh, schemes declared this turn, right? No schemes declared, but I am set up for a quick deathbeds if our flips go right. Chompy's at one health, and uh, my Komainu, through Yan, can drop a scheme marker pretty quickly, and Yan can take out Chompy. So that could get me a point there. Um, I pretty much got my strategies in a very nice spot, very hard for Eli to come over and move the two in the corner. One in the middle is just, I think, too far off, and the other one is thoroughly defended by two-inch engages. So I'm, as he's previously mentioned, his deathbeds, I do see his Widow Weaver running around, and it will be a real debate on chasing her depending on timing and cards. Okay. So, yeah, sounds like, like this Yon, or at least the way you're playing him this game, is still kind of ramping up, just not stat-wise. He's just ramping up on getting everything set up the way you want it to score at the end. Yeah. Okay. I'd uh, probably go with that he's still... Again, the ramping up is an interesting way because... Just the moving of reliquaries around this this turn really was pushing, applying pressure to Eli. And, you know, just Soul Porter's playing a different kind of role. He's he's waiting for people to die to pass on the reliquary to the appropriate people. Uh, luckily, he was able to get him on Yan. Azamu's upgrade from uh, what Manos had earlier, which was allowing me to get past those terrifying duels. And with Yan just looking at the top three with Whisperer and looking at the next five cards and putting them in the right order, it was... An interesting turn of events to place Chompy into the poison pit. Okay. So a lot went well for you, it sounds like, and you're you're pretty well prepped up for next round. Do you think you'll need a turn five? I don't think we'll need a turn five. Um, I would like to still continue. It's still a good game going back and forth. Great learning moments with Jan, but it's getting... I don't know what Eli's other scheme is, but I don't think he can pull out from the strategy marker deficit in the previous rounds. It's uh, very close on his side favoring me, but still, again, great great battles are going on. So, uh, you know, I applaud our current scenario. It's pretty cool. Got it. So it, it really can come down to the... It, there could be surprise scoring of two points, you just don't know. That, that hidden scheme is a... a bug on the back of your mind yeah it yeah. is a bug um again i know deathbeds is out there i don't think he has got the strategy so i know i'll get three from there if i can get chompy on the next turn i can guarantee that he can't get ahead of me uh and that'll be the linchpin if i can't get it then we'll have to go into turn five and see how it plays out got it well let's go ahead and get to turn four We're back from the end of turn four, and we have both of our players here because turn four has led to kind of being pretty decisive, uh, and we did a quick walkthrough on turn five, but let's go ahead and, Eli, go ahead and, and tell me what went wrong in turn four to lead us to do that quick walkthrough on five. Well, I uh, started the game. I knew I needed to get initiative to get Chompy to do anything at all. I, he had he was down to one health. I needed that regeneration to at least hold up a little bit. I cheated in a 12, which with my uh, Ancient Pact gave me a 13. Sean then cheated in a 13. We reflipped and I lost. So he got that activation. Did uh, what, what, I, what I knew he was going to do. He got his... Uh, he started with Yonlo, got that scheme marker out. There was no stopping him from killing Chompy. He got a point. I got Widow Weaver doing her thing. 
he started trying to mess with her scheme markers, but she has enough mobility jumping from jumping to her web markers that I was able to get her further away. I, I, I have a, a solid setup for a turn five, getting the point for deathbeds. Got it. Okay. So Sean, from your point of view with that initiative sheet, which pretty much neutered what Eli had uh, as a front line, what in turn four, like really, was there anything that could have gone better? You know, if for me, if it was a real debate on trying to get the detonate charges around people, but it's they're pretty far back there, and I'm pretty sure my Kumainu would have been destroyed, got a cut destroyed early on. So Jan lost all his movement. So maybe if I was more defensive with uh, the Kumainu, but he did his job. The puppy got us where we need to be, and now it's just defending the points. So, you know, getting to me, getting to where it was and moving, it, uh, you know, I pretty much got deathbeds in the pocket and then uh, for turn for the, uh, turn five and then the strategy marker, I can move that slight one over to get that secure the fourth point. So detonate charges not happening on turn four, but maybe on turn five. Detonate charges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we now know what Sean's other scheme was there, Eli. Was there any point during the game where you were like, oh, that would be a, a good one for him to do? No way. I did not. I, I didn't see that. Also, uh, Sean, for what it's worth, had the Kamainu died, that reliquary jumps to the next closest friendly... Oh, no, it is retainer minion, and yep. you didn't bring another minion. Nope, he's okay. pretty tanky. Uh, the debate with this squad compared to another one I was making was I needed anti-terrifying, mm-hmm. and that brought me down to my one soul stone. If it was my choice, if this wasn't a t- terrifying squad to go against, I would have had Grave Spirit's touch on my Kamainu. Healing, terrifying. If a Shiaki might have had manipulative off her reliquary on him, he was going to be an unkillable doggo in other games. But this one, he did his job, got, did all the movement shenanigans. But, you know, puppy puppy did his job, so he's taking a nap. You heard it here, folks. Kamainu in a Rezzer team with any kind of Rezzer upgrades, fair and balanced, and nothing to be worried about. <sighs> Excuse me, I need to go vomit. Uh, as far as, as our quick walkthrough on turn five, Sean, what uh, scoring would you have done turn five? Deathbeds and the strategy marker would have been my primary hits. Um, Deathbeds just placing a couple schemes where they need to be Pupper would have been dead, so Jan would have had a walk. How dare he? Mm-hmm. But he would have been in range to make people obey and drop scheme markers for him. So I don't really have an issue with deathbeds or getting the last strategy. The real question will be if Eli would have moved his people up for detonate charges. But again, it's uh, with them losing Chompy, their scheme marker eater, mm-hmm. it'd be really if Eli wants to come into the honey trap or stay back and let the game play out. Okay. And Eli, what about you for turn five? What would have uh, been scored or not? Widow Weaver, I, Widow Weaver would have gotten the uh, the web markers and scheme markers out for that, that last turn, deathbeds. I was obviously unable to get my points for uh, Claim Jump because he killed my Insidious Madness turn one. That's rough, buddy. Yep. So... As far as moving now into what would normally be our, our post-game discussion, that leaves us with a final score of, if my math is correct, 6-2? to two. Close to, yes. Yeah. 5 or 6-2, to two, depending on, on the second death for can, Sean, and if Eli moves up into... If I could do anything to prevent one of the strategy markers from being fully on my side. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Okay, still decisive, but... It's normally I ask like whose strategies didn't work and whose did. Pretty clear on this one, and some of that was was flipping. But I'll take a different tact on it this time. Eli, if there was something, is, is there something you can point to in your strategy that either because it's New Yan Lo and you haven't faced him previously to really understand all of his his intrigue, or you know trying out Lady Yume, is there something you would have done differently that would have benefited you or stopped Sean from from being as effective? I believe I would have put Lady Yume further up so she could do more than... She was She was behind everybody when things got clogged up, so she couldn't actually do any of her melee actions, mm. nor her bonus action, which is melee center. It's a, a three-inch, mm-hmm. so I gotta be close to do it. So all she could really do from the distance she was at was throw out injured and one damage at a time, 
So that's that's what she did as much as she could. Okay. But that really it's it's very limiting for a an eight stone model. Yeah. Uh she's unimpeded and move how She much? is unimpeded movement five. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was five or six. My my question, I just want to know this because I was watching your, your turn one on deployment or post deployment. Once you saw Jan going for a, a dog walk up the, the right flank, your right flank of the board to the corner, and knowing that you didn't you weren't really set up to go much that way, what was your thought of not sending Lady Yume over there? Because there were train tracks and things that she wouldn't care about. And then using her long range, high willpower or high versus willpower attack to bring out some summons over there. Do you think a was there a reason you didn't do that? And b, if you had, do you think that could have changed that corner math? The main reason I didn't do that is because I believed he was bringing the Kamainu back mm-hmm. with as much movement as it gets, having the reliquary and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I believed it was coming back, and it did. Mm-hmm. Also, in order for her to go... There was train tracks that she could ignore, but she couldn't ignore the train car. Okay, that's fair. So she'd have to go pretty near the back wall of the map to to go around to that corner. Yeah, over which the, didn't the couple have, of flatbeds. She probably could have walked over and moved that scheme, that strap marker, but I didn't think I would need to do that okay. that early on. And by the time it came... It became clear that I would have needed to. It was too late. Okay, fair. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty and everything. Sean, is there anything you would have changed having seen what Jan or Eli's crew can do now that would have benefited you further this game? The only thing that really like stood out is like it might be a misstep on my side of not being like knowledgeable or not not taking consideration Chompy's removing scheme markers. There was a really good opportunity that, in my hindsight, killed Manos. And that was that I placed a scheme marker a little too close to him trying to go for a detonate charges on a stitch. What I should have done instead is basically attack the stitch. The scheme marker was on the other side. It was outside of Chompy's view. He would have had to move away from Manos and... Like, that would have given me another turn. And it's possible that it would have set up the stitch for the next deathbeds on the next turn. But that's just being me mindful of a great Nightmare crew. And Dreamer uh, stood in the back much, so he was putting out adversary, but I believe Shiaki was doing her duty of taking off that and taking off conditions Mm -hmm. to assist with the team. But, you know, overall, I really, like, Kinshiro, overall, like, in his own way, was my MVP. In his own way, he was making sure that Izamu did damage, and uh, he helped Manos get in position surprisingly well and the tactics tokens really saved my hand when i would have wasted there was a couple executes eli pulled on me that luckily i just had the cards in hand to prevent like instant kill okay so when when an outcast ghost who should totally who apparently learned tactics from a bayou gremlin to let you do limited bayou two card that is apparently the the best ancestor tactician we could come up with. Yes, okay. yes. He's Sounds... doing his. <laughs> he's a sneaky. He's a sneaky ghost. Turns out Sun Tzu was short and green. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so overall, my my big interest in here uh, is seeing new Tyler Yanlo and both of the new enforcers that we had. I want both of your thoughts on. We've kind of heard a little bit from from Sean of how playing New Yan and Kenshiro worked. Eli, seeing it across the table, mm-hmm. what did you like? What do you dislike? And what is something really key? What knowing now what you know playing it once, what would you bring next time to try and and deal with it better? I honestly don't know. He because of how a new Yan works, he does a lot of letting the crew does what it does more. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, everything is doing what it already does, but more so. And it's already such a versatile keyword that you're just getting everything. the The game, the game state changes from activation to activation with that crew. And when Yan Lo does activates, it changes three times in that activation. <laughs> There's, it's so incredibly hard to plan around. Yeah, he, he has a lot of... Uh, and, well, and any Obey Master does this, but I think he, he has some 
particular efficiencies that I don't want to say it's better than Zoraida, but there's some aspects of it where you go, Zoraida's probably a little jealous and talks about him behind his back. Yeah. That every time I, I obey my, my friends with a reliquary, who would have a reliquary in a Yon Low crew? You get focused on it for free. Yeah. That seems really good, especially, I don't think there's a limit on that once per turn, is there, Sean? Uh, there is a limit of once just targeting model per turn. So, oh, yeah. Um, I'm, so, I'm talking the, the trigger, sorry. Uh, again, that there's no limit on that trigger, but again, it's only looking at one model, they get the focus, they get to do the thing, you have to look at the next model, and it has to have a reliquary attached to them to get the to basically have both the tri- uh, both the suits to even do the obey. So, like, for my targeting was primarily focused on, okay, who has my next move? I know I'm going to obey Okuminu, because he has Yon's stuff, he'll move around. But once Manos died, I was like, oh... Hey, or, you know, where's Ozamu's upgrade? Where's Manos' upgrade? Who has them and what can they do? Okay. So it really sounds like... Hang on. Before we get to that, the, the other efficiency of, of him is how easy it is for him to put down scheme markers and just, at the end of his turn, eat up two markers if there's no other around. He can just drop those schemes through Weary Road and Normally or Obey, etc. Uh, and eat those to draw you two cards, which yes. is pretty great. Uh, that's not even an action. That is just massive efficiency but it really sounds like one of the dangers that you actually put yourself in was only bringing the one minion so i'd i would think for me and eli i don't know if you'd agree with this if you see a yanlo new crew with only one minion Mm -hmm. kill it because then you don't have yanlo getting a, a free dog walk yeah okay if only the uh ancestor retainer minions were like, hard to kill or anything. <laughs> hmm. hmm. I don't know. Uh, Sean, on, on that front, I know you were playing a little more ancestor-focused, but is that concern enough to make you go, let me drop one of these ancestors for another minion? Uh, there was concern at a couple points. You know, I can see value in a Gokudo. You basically make a minion squad versus an ancestor squad. Shiaki takes care of the ancestors. Jan is just moving around with his minions, again, from the start of this turn, getting from one corner to the other corner without much issue, and to move two strategy markers forward, like, that was, for me, obscene, on seeing that, without much hurt. Especially in corner, over in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I put it like, That was impressive and terrifying to watch. Yeah. And again, that was with help from Yin, but another thing that was coming to mind is next to all the movement shenanigans uh looking i I highly suggest any player rezzer who plays yon with the whisperer you know when you look at those three cards you can move them to like get like which ones you want to get rid of which ones you want to play and which ones you want to pick up because turn one i was able to pick up i believe two high cards off of a quick two scheme markers off yon without doing anything so those were used particularly well in the next battles and even on turn two i picked up a red joker off of picking up, I believe, uh, the Destructible Terrain off of Eli's Ski Marker and Web. So, again, these were like side niches that really kind of pushed Jan to a different level. Mm-hmm. It made him really good scheme runner and very anti-scheme compared to previous Jan of, wait and see and I'll kill you later. Mm-hmm. Actually, that brings to mind a, a particular highlight of... Yeah, that was end of, end of turn three... Uh, Jan obeying Izamu. Uh, talk about that in regards to your uh, whispering oh, yeah. three-card look. Yeah, so I, I picked it up, and I uh, saw my first three cards, and there was a black joker, a six, and a ten. And I was like, and Izamu, funny, funnily enough, has uh, has an upgrade on it. It was the Manos' upgrade. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to obey Izamu, but uh, this black joker's messing with me. So I made Jan Lowe succeed and then azamu not relent so he took the black joker and ate it for me and took it away so then i can actually deal some good damage with azamu so the whisperer can really set up those interesting scenarios of getting rid of bad cards if you target your own people and not relent right so again what i'm hearing is the whisperer clear and balanced oh perfectly clearly okay (laughs) excellent From the other side of the table, it felt like he always was either drawing cards or always knew what the top of the deck was. Mm-hmm. It, At least for, for key activations. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. 
Eli, what was your favorite moment of this game? Favorite moment of this game? Probably my uh, my quick turnaround on turn two for getting that deathbeds. He, with with Jan Lowe, just swooped up two of my markers that I thought were what I needed. Then I was able to find just a quick way to eat one of his scheme markers you, with Trailer Gore, get Chompy in there, drop a scheme marker, and just like barely get that attack off to kill the thing. Nice. It was it was close, and if there, if one part of that had been off, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got that point. Yeah, and especially after after the whole turn trying to wail on Izamu just to have him pulled out, and you have to shift gears real fast. Yeah, that's a good play. It's not the it's not the only time that happened in the game. Every time I focused on something, it was gone mm-hmm. a second later, and I had to re realign my my targeting. Yeah, that's uh that's definitely a skill. I think we'll all be learning a lot more as we see more of this Yan going. Sean, what was your favorite moment of this game? My favorite moment was when Kinshiro backtracked. He was he had adversary on him. Chompy was looking to just eat him up. And Kinshiro just said, you know what, I'll help out my buddy Azamu. And he walked away and charged Azamu to attack in base contact to attack the Bandersnatch. And then got the tr- I got a straight where basically I was able to throw in my red joker to finish off the Bandersnatch. The trigger that I had on was a coordinated strike, so Zamu was going to just smack the Bandersnatch anyway, but I just didn't want to chance it. I was like, you know what, just in case I whiff, let me make sure this gets done. I wish I was paying attention a little bit more. Uh, Kenshiro's ability to look at the next two attack cards would have been something uh, to keep in mind a little bit more on the field, but it he came back MVP. Fantastic. Honestly, with as much as I I like hearing about the Masters, I'm really glad to hear that the uh, Enforcers in these upcoming boxes are also very cool. Uh, I I feel like the Masters a lot of times are are overshadowing them in the reveals, uh, and I'm really interested to see how people like to to use them going forward. Alright, so that is going to wrap us up for this game. Uh, Either of you have final thoughts before we go? I mean, it, it was, was a, a great. It was a frustrating game, but it was a good game. Yeah, you did, uh, you did. As far as I could tell, everything right. Yeah, I, I again, I, I, I love playing with Eli and seeing how each masters and everyone kind of goes together. I, for future games, I would love to see more what Lady Yume does. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think this is a fault on Eli's just how board positioning went, but you know, future games for her, I would. You know, want to see more because uh, Kenshiro did his thing. I was keeping an eye out for her. I was scared and not moving too far up, but that was again a stalemate in the middle, which mm-hmm. kind of brought everything together. But overall, good game. Cool, fantastic. Well, thank you both. We'll have you back again, hopefully, for another best laid plans. And thank you, listener, for listening. And I hope you learned something. Music used in this production are Onion Capers, Marty Gots a Plan, and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is used under Creative Commons.